It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. May 30th this week is known officially as World MS Day, bringing the global MS community together to share stories and raise awareness for those living with multiple sclerosis. As many of you know, I was diagnosed with MS in 2005. It's a chronic condition. There's no cure for it. It takes place in the central nervous system, which consists of the brain and the spinal cord. The immune system, for some reason, attacks the protective coating or myelin that covers the nerve fibers and causes a communication breakdown between the brain and the rest of your body. It can cause permanent damage or deterioration of the nerve fibers that result in scars. I feel grateful that over the last 18 years, I've been able to keep most of my symptoms at bay with different therapies and drugs over the years, but I am aware that that can change at any moment. The good news is there is hope for all of us that live with MS. With the amount of new therapies currently in use and on the horizon, I do believe that in my lifetime, we'll be able to detect MS faster and stop the progression of the disease. Also important, the awareness for MS has skyrocketed in the last few years thanks to organizations like the MS Foundation. And we have a really special event this week on May 30th to mark World MS Day. And to tell us all about that, we have Casey Minnis, the Executive Director of the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation with us today. Thank you for being here, Casey Minnis. Thank you very much for having me. May 30th is marking World MS Day, and we have something really exciting to bring awareness to multiple sclerosis. Tell me about it. Well, on World MS Day, the United States Postal Service will be dedicating a stamp to multiple sclerosis with a presentation to the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation. We're very excited about it. Can you tell us what the stamp looks like? Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. It's called Sunflower Bouquet, Mm. and it features five really bright, colorful orange sunflowers um, amidst a colorful bouquet of other flowers. Orange, of course, is the awareness color of MS, and sunflowers symbolize optimism, which is really the whole ethos of our organization. We're about helping people with MS to find better days. I love this because... um My husband always gives me sunflowers, whether it be on a birthday card or if there are sunflowers in the grocery market. So to have a stamp that has sunflowers on it, uh, you know, represents hope for me, too. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think, you know, it's such... um it's such an important message to get out, especially at this time. And years ago, you know, multiple sclerosis had a very sort of doom and gloom association with it. Mm-hmm. But today, there are so many treatments. There, um, There's so much that we know about how you can use lifestyle to improve your quality of life with MS. And there's so much research and hope on the horizon that that sort of positive uh, association is just, it's perfect for today. It really is 
helping raise awareness, and we're so delighted that the post office is doing this. Is this the first time there's been an association with the MS Foundation and the post office? Yes, it is. Wow. And what goes into something like that? You know, the um, the post office really has a commitment to raising awareness and the community. And our director of philanthropy uh, reached out to them to see how we could partner on raising awareness for World MS Day. And uh, the post office was really happy to, you know, get involved and make this effort to shine a spotlight on MS. I love it. Tell me about, you know, what you do with your organization. Well, the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation is a nonprofit organization that's dedicated to providing for the critical needs of MS. While we know that research is so important and vital to putting an end to this disease, there are a million people in the United States with MS who need help getting through today. MS is the second most expensive disease to treat. And so for so many people, it becomes a financial burden just to maintain their health, their safety, and their independence. So our organization provides services that sort of fill the gap. Everything from helping people who've lost their insurance to pay for their neurologist appointments, helping people to get transportation to their MS center or infusion center, um, assisting them in paying for devices that help them to cope with the symptoms. No matter what it is, every aspect of their daily life that's affected by MS, we have a service to help people be able to get through until tomorrow, get through until that cure comes along. I am so grateful for your foundation because I'm lucky, right? I I work full time. I have great health insurance with my company. And the listeners know I had problems getting my infusion drug uh, six months ago. Um, This round where I, you know, was able to get my drug without any challenges, but you know, six months ago, I was on the phone for hours with, um, you know, the health insurance company and the pharmacy to try to get this drug. And it was very difficult. And it I had people tell me that it is so frustrating, especially now for some reason. We don't I don't quite know why. But to be on the phone with a healthcare provider or a pharmacy and having to go from operator to operator to make sure that your drugs are going to be at the infusion center has gotten difficult. And these drugs are very, very expensive, Um, you know, from thousands to tens of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. And that's one of the major areas of advocacy that we work on is access to care. So many people have that challenge. There's a a particular um, policy that a lot of insurance companies use called step therapy or fail first therapy, where all of a sudden you may have been stable on this medication for years. They institute one of these policies where they require you to have failed several less expensive medications before you get to the medication that is already working for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the real difficulty with MS, we say time is brain. 
If you are not on an effective medication, there can be unseen damage going on in your brain and and you're not going to get that back. Mm -hmm. So for them to put people on a medication that may not be effective for them, especially when they already have something that's not working, that, that is working, it's just, it's unconscionable. Yeah. So we really um, spend a lot of time advocating for access to care and teaching people with MS how they can fight back, how they can work with their doctor's office to get the right drug at the right time. And it's it's so important. You summed it up so beautifully. It's just, it's too much to handle when you're just trying to live your life. Yes, yes. And I had to get my employer involved. You know, I, I was in touch with the nurse where I get my infusion every six months and she was trying really hard. Uh, but she told me that this is not an isolated experience. She has to do this on a daily basis with a lot of her patients, advocate for them to get their medicine that is less life-saving. Absolutely. It's a big challenge, not just in the MS space, but really in most chronic diseases. Um, So we are working with coalitions like the Safe Step Coalition, um, a group of organizations across many different chronic diseases to try and make change um, at the legislative level and also to educate these insurance companies yes. about the damage that can be done by these policies. Mm-hmm. Because but I think absolutely. And no, go it ahead. Also does take, it also does take a great deal of time away from patient care in the doctor's office. Yes. Because like you said, the nurses are dealing with this every day. It's terrible. Um, And, you know, for a person that doesn't, you know, say, have my means to, you know, get on the phone and be on the phone for hours trying to go through with different operators because you're put on hold and then somebody else gets on the phone with you. And I think people don't understand, you know, they're looking through notes, pages and pages of notes that the other person, uh, you know, wrote down and they don't understand the illness and they don't understand that it's not just a generic drug that we need. It is very difficult. I remember I was, you know, in tears with my husband for many days because this had never happened before. And I never want this to happen to another person. Again, I'm somebody who will stay on the phone for hours and, you know, and try to get to the bottom of it and also go to, you know, higher levels to try to get it solved. But there are people that are not feeling well and they just a lot of them just want to give up. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm sure with MS, the fatigue can be so overwhelming at times. And if someone is going through a relapse or they're dealing with extreme fatigue or even cognitive dysfunction as a result of MS, it can be just too overwhelming. Um, thankfully, you know, so many people with MS are seen at MS centers where there's comprehensive care and doctors are able to, uh, you know, deal with these problems on behalf of their patients. But there are still so many people out there who are dealing with this on their own. And, you know, we're here to, to educate and to support them and to lobby for change so that these kind of problems don't keep happening. Well, now I definitely want to be in touch with you to try to help um, because this is, you know, an important 
reason as to why I came forward with my diagnosis in 2005, you know, against a lot of people's better judgment. Um, even in the industry, people told me, don't come out that you have this illness. It's going to be used against you. You're not going to advance in your career. Um, but I thought it was important to, you know, be a public figure, to talk about living with a chronic illness, um, that, you know, we may look perfect on TV, uh, but in terms of what's going on in my body, you know, my body's attacking itself. So one of my friends calls it the my you look so well disease because you can look fine yeah. and people will say that to you like, oh, you look great. Um, but you can be like feeling terrible. Um, and that's one of the, you know, the silent uh, factors in this illness. Absolutely. It is very often an invisible illness. And so coming out and being open about it like you have is so important and so inspiring to the people who live with MS. It, um, it, it just, it's, it's a frightening thing yes. to come out and talk about. So many people have been in that same situation you were, where do I disclose this to my employers? Is, are they going to try and drive me out? Is this going to affect my future with my company? That's a, a really scary uh, prospect to have to entertain while you're already looking at what your future is going to be like with your health. Mm -hmm. People shouldn't have to go through that. And I think that the more that we normalize uh, the idea that people with chronic illnesses and even people with invisible disabilities are able to continue working with the proper supports, Mm -hmm. the easier that's going to make it for everyone who gets a diagnosis of a chronic illness like MS. Does the MS Foundation help people with that situation, telling their employers? Absolutely. We have um, information that we provide through articles, brochures, booklets on all aspects of living with MS, including maintaining your employment. And we also um, make a point to recommend the Job Accommodation Network, which is actually a federally funded service that helps people to know how to talk to their employers, what kind of accommodations that they can ask for, and how that they can um, protect their rights as a person who may need accommodation under the ADA. Mm. There's so much information and support out there that people just aren't aware of. And so um, that, you know, that's part of our educational offerings is to help connect people with these resources that will help them protect their rights. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. How did you get involved? Do you have someone that lives with MS in your family? I do. And the funny thing is, actually, I wasn't aware of it at the time that I started with the foundation. It was just a wonderful job opportunity. Um, And then after I had been here for some time, 
I found out that actually my cousin has MS Hmm. and it just wasn't something that he talked about. And then over the course of the 30 years that I've been with the organization, I've actually had four personal friends diagnosed with MS. And I think, you know, uh, just a blessing that I was in the right place at the right time to be able to provide them with the education and the support and the resources that they needed to be able to adjust to such a life-altering diagnosis. Yes. And I think awareness is good because this is a hard disease to kind of diagnose. At least when I was going to the neurologist's office um, back in 2005, almost 20 years ago, they didn't have a lot of therapies. And I had to go to several different doctors to finally give me a diagnosis to put me on a therapy. And that was so frustrating because, uh, you know, they looked at my MRIs, they looked at my brain and my spine. I had lesions on both. Um, They did a spinal tap and my, you know, my spinal tap came up positive for the proteins that they look for in the spinal fluid. I had the classic... um, you know, um, side effects of, you know, numbness, tingling, um, and the extreme fatigue uh, that goes with MS for most patients, I would say. But it, but one of the neurologists said to me, well, you probably have this. I'm going to give you some steroids, but you're going to have to have a second flare-up for me to officially diagnose you. And that was really frustrating. Absolutely. And that is... One of the great challenges with MS, I mean, first of all, because it's a disease that affects, um, you know, three quarters women and historically the medical community is not quick to jump on vague symptoms from <laughs> women. They tend to dismiss them. Oh, it's, it's stress. Oh, it's, it's hormones. Um, so, oh, you know, you're you're having numbness. You're not feeling right. Something feels off. Well, it's just stress. Mm. And unfortunately, that in itself delays a lot of diagnoses. But the diagnosis process and and that requirement to have two separate attacks um, really can make it a very frustrating process for people um, going through the diagnosis process. You just want an answer. Mm -hmm. You just want an answer. Thankfully, now um, the guidelines changed some time back where if a person has had one attack, they consider that what they call a clinically isolated syndrome or likely to be MS Mm -hmm. and will start treating with the MS treatments. Mm -hmm. And that's so important because we know that early treatment is absolutely key in slowing down the disease process and preventing future disability. Oh, absolutely. The earlier we can get people on disease-modifying treatments, the better. So I'm so happy that now in situations like you faced, people with that that first incident and all the classic symptoms of MS are more likely to get treatment from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So tell me, you know, if someone's listening to this and they have extreme fatigue, they have some numbness and tingling, you know, tell me what you would recommend someone do if they have some of these symptoms, but they don't quite know where to go. 
The first thing I would say is that you are the expert in your body. Yes. You know if there is something wrong and don't let yourself be brushed off. Mm. If you are experiencing something that seems like it could be a neurological symptom like numbness and tingling, insist on seeing a neurologist. If you see your primary care doctor and they say, well, you know, maybe you're stressed, numbness in your feet, well, maybe your shoes are too tight, insist and just say, let's just be better safe than sorry and get it checked out. Yeah. Um, The other advice that I would give is if you feel you are not being heard, see another doctor. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate, but, you know, there's still um, a lack of education in the medical community about MS. Um, We very often hear that people who don't uh, fit the typical picture of who might have MS um, are just their symptoms are ignored. And what we find is that uh, it takes longer for certain groups of people to get diagnosed than it does others. Mm -hmm. So trust yourself, know your body. And if you are not getting the answers that you feel you need, do not give up. See another doctor because the sooner that we are able to get a person on an effective treatment, the better their prospects for a long and healthy life without accumulating disability. Yes, and it is getting better. We have more therapies. When I was diagnosed in 2005, we had maybe a handful. How many How many therapies do we have now? Uh, over two dozen. Wow. Um, with many new ones being researched. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's another issue, like going back to the step therapy, a lot of the insurance companies want people to start on the older, yes. less effective drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and those drugs, they, they do have some effect and they do have a high safety profile. But today, many doctors believe in treating MS more aggressively hmm. um, because we do know that doing so, starting with aggressive treatment can prevent disability down the line. And a lot of times the insurance companies are, are going to fight on that. And so, you know, that's another challenge that we're facing. Um, but yes, there's so many treatment options today and so many new things on the horizon. Um, we're actually now, for the first time, finding some biomarkers that will allow um, doctors with a, a simple blood test to have an idea of whether the medications that we're using are working. Oh, wow. When does that start or has it already started? There are some doctors who are already using certain biomarkers in their practice. The tests are just becoming commercially available. And it's not 100% clear exactly how these biomarkers are going to be used, but what seems to be happening um, and what the studies seem to support is that um, if the the tests are 
over above a certain threshold, then we know there's too much inflammation going on in the system, and that is going to um, cause progression. And so that means the treatment isn't effective. So um, we'll see over the next year or two this getting refined so they know exactly what that good range is as opposed to the bad range. And hopefully this will become commonplace where with that simple blood test, we'll be able to say, uh, you know, out of these two dozen medications, the one that we've got you on is working or isn't working and be able to refine and tailor personalized medicine to know what is the right medication for you? Are we getting closer to finding out why certain people are more prone to getting multiple sclerosis? There's been a lot of research done in um, genetics, which has identified over 200 different genes that are associated with MS that give a person a higher risk. But we know that it's not strictly genetic. It's not strictly hereditary. Um, If you, uh, for example, have multiple sclerosis, your child has an increased chance of getting it, but it's still instead of, uh, you know, something like one out of 100, it's three out of 100. So it's not a hereditary disease, but there's clearly a genetic factor. So what is triggering these genes? Well, recently there's been research that indicates uh, the Epstein-Barr virus. Yes. um, Which the Epstein-Barr virus is very prevalent. 95% of adults Um, have been exposed to Epstein-Barr, but in people who have these genes and perhaps other triggers, exposure to that virus could be what is triggering the multiple sclerosis genes into action. Wow. So that's very promising research, especially because... um, there could be the possibility of an Epstein-Barr vaccine. Mm. And if we can vaccinate against Epstein-Barr, then we could, if that is a main trigger, potentially prevent anybody in the future from getting MS. That's very optimistic. Yeah. And there are also, there's some thinking that um, if there was some sort of antiviral that would treat Epstein-Barr infected cells, could that potentially reverse MS? Could that potentially shut the process down? So it's very, it's a very hopeful time in research. There's so much going on and we get closer and closer every day to understanding the mechanisms that are driving MS and how we'll be able to shut those down. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. I know my uh, neurologist, who I love, um, Tracy DeAngelis, I'm going to give her a shout out because I I could start crying because she's been so good to me and her patients. Um, She is so optimistic. You know, every time I see her every six months and we go for another round of MRIs or she checks in to see how I'm doing, she's like, Janice, we're getting there. Like, I am confident to tell you that we are doing some amazing things in this field. And I think once you put the one puzzle piece together, other puzzle pieces come together for other chronic illnesses. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's so much um, commonality between MS and other autoimmune diseases. And there are a lot of um, doctors who are really looking at the immunological underpinnings of autoimmune disease as a whole. And, uh, you know, there's, if you look at autoimmune disease as a whole, it is more prevalent than heart disease, more prevalent than diabetes. You know, we break it into these little pockets. We have MS, we have lupus, we have rheumatoid arthritis and so on. Um, but there are so many people in this country with autoimmune disease. And so for every step toward understanding how the immune system goes wrong, how the immune system goes haywire, that has the potential to help not just people with MS, but people across the spectrum. Mm. So we're, we're hopeful. Absolutely hopeful. There's just so much um, advancement coming out in the MS space. We're actually um, off to the Consortium of Multiple Sclerosis Centers um, coming up in um, the, the actually... I believe it starts on World MS Day on May 30th. And um, that is an opportunity for all of the doctors, nurses, advanced practice providers across the country to come together and share what they've discovered about uh, best practices and what's new in research and what are the advances in treatment. And it's such an exciting and hopeful time uh, to be able to discuss all of these uh, advances, you know, the the biomarkers and what is that going to mean for the people that this community is treating and um, what have we learned about aging and MS and how the immune system tends to calm down over time? Um, what have we learned from the way that we're seeing diet and exercise and lifestyle affecting multiple sclerosis? What does that teach us about the immune system? It's such a hopeful time, and we're really looking forward to being there next week and taking in all this new information and learning together with the MS medical community. It's going to be really exciting, and I can't wait to bring that news back to our patient community and share it. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for what you do. And I, uh, the stamp sounds incredible. I mean, can I get a T-shirt with the stamp, with the, with the beautiful sunflowers? <laughs> That's an excellent question and something I'm definitely going to talk to the post office about. I would love that. I think that that would be wonderful because the stamp sounds absolutely beautiful. And I would be proud to wear a T-shirt or have a little pin or a little necklace or little earrings <laughs> because I think, you that's know, a, I know the orange is definitely a symbol, but, you know, to have a sunflower, something that's hopeful, that's something that, you know, is in bloom. And I, it's it's really, it feels like a good day. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, like I said, it, it fits with our ethos. Our motto is let's find better days. And we really want everyone with MS to feel like better days are coming. That's 
that T-shirt idea is a, a brilliant one, Janice. I'm definitely going to look into that. Okay. I'm happy to help you in any way I can, honestly. Maybe I can even be the, you know, the the T-shirt poster girl. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. I think we could make that happen. I think I think Fox would allow me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful idea. Uh, well, thank you, Casey. I really appreciate this discussion. And let's be in touch. Um, I'm going to buy a lot of stamps. I'm telling you right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I to all the folks out there that deal with chronic illness, I understand you. I hear you. Um, I'm going to try to be a better advocate um, because I think, you know, people do need to hear some hopeful news. They absolutely do. And thank you for the opportunity to share what we do and and the hope for the future for people with MS. Thanks, Casey. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thanks. You too. Thank you, Casey Minnis, for coming on the Janice Dean podcast to raise awareness for MS and tell us about this exciting new way to commemorate World MS Day with an official U.S. postage stamp and hopefully a T-shirt soon. It's pretty amazing. And if you would like to find out more about MS Focus, the Multiple Sclerosis Foundation's programs and services promoting understanding for those diagnosed with the illness, you can text MS Focus to 50155 or you can visit msfocus.org to donate or support the work. And of course, watch for that beautiful sunflower stamp. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram, or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.